1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In 1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. Stunned by Southampton at St Mary's, a disappointing 3-1 loss in the Premier League. Where did it all go wrong? We were supposed to be getting over that Wembley defeat, that Wembley hangover. Will it last in the Premier League, though? Brighton at Molyneux is next up. We chat that one and also everything in between from who's last on match today. How much did you pay for a ticket at Anfield? And also the 77 Club quiz. Episode 72 of the 77 Club. Harry, we'll start with the socials. The Wall 77 Club on Facebook and Instagram at 77 Club Podcast on Twitter, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and wherever you listen to your podcast, please rate and subscribe. Very nicely done. And uh, your other pundits this week are Dan Bayliss. Yeah, been away for the week. Very nice big fishing trip. Caught myself a whopper of a Wolves fan TV. Did indeed. <laughs> and uh, Jack Williams too. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Well, we start as always with a previous game, which was Southampton away. And, well, Harry, where do we start, really? It was supposed to be getting back on the horse after the disappointment of a Wembley semi-final loss to Watford. And within two minutes, we had our head in our hands. 
We did, and I did think before the game it could either go one or two ways. We'll either turn the negative of the semi-final into a positive and play well, or it'll still be on their minds, and that was what happened. We were 1-0 down straight away. It was a terrible performance, probably one of the worst defensive displays I've seen from us this season, and uh, it just added to the depression of the week before. (laughs) Uh, Bayliss, Patricio came in for Ruddy. That was the only change, and he made a couple of good saves. But, I mean, for that first Redmond goal, I mean, what was Sace doing? It wasn't marking anybody. Right, so basically to give it you from my perspective is I was walking up the steps directly behind the goal as it went in. So I have no recollection and no idea of what happened. Excellent. (laughs) Jack. No. Oh, we're good we are, aren't we? So, um, I mean, after going on another away day with Bayliss, my memory is hazy as well because we were drinking Stella about half nine on the train. Um, (laughs) Nice. But but yeah, Sace lost his man completely. He should have have beat Redmond to that ball and, and cleared it and... As it happened, he, he lost his man and we're 1-0 down straight away. And the whole defensive display was just terrible, as Harry said. Terrible defending, terrible defending from the corners, playing people on side, Triore when you didn't need to. After how tight we've been all season, it's just it was it's just it's just poor and depressing to see what it's come to. And I was worried about this. I a lot of people didn't share my sort of worries, but I was thinking after what happened at Wembley, and let's face it, I wasn't on the podcast last week, but we bottled it at Wembley. We bottled it badly. We were depressed all week and the players are going to feel the same way. And and it showed on Saturday, it showed with the better team won. And um, the annoying thing is a lot of the, the uh, their goals were, were partly our own doing just by getting torn apart by through balls. Harry, do you think it sort of got to Nuno in the end? Because... I was watching just the build-up with Soccer Saturday talking about it and saying that he had made those wrong substitutions at the wrong time, just completely got it wrong uh, when they were talking about that Wembley defeat. And Do you think that had taken its time to sort of sink in for him and that had affected him? Because obviously we'll talk about it later, but he he walked out of that post-match conference, which you don't see him do. Yeah, I think it did. I think, like you just mentioned, him walking out on, I think it was Joe Edwards who asked the question, who I did feel sorry for, to be honest. I think it was... I thought it was a perfectly reasonable question. Yeah, it was, it was. And I think that just shows that, um, yeah, he was feeling the pressure, you know. A lot of people have pointed towards his substitutions for Wembley, maybe a little bit harsh, but... I think it was, but you know, Nuno's done so much good and the time where he's made one of his biggest mistakes, it's cost us dearly. And I don't know, it was a tough task for him at Southampton. You know, he put out pretty much our strongest team and you can't motivate players sometimes, can you, no matter what you do. So yeah, I think the pressure really did get to him, which we know was shown after the game. Bailey's got back into the game with Willie Bolly, 28th minute, brilliant header, brilliant corner from Matinho. And you, you thought then it was, we're going to kick on and, and make a difference. That's exactly what I thought. I thought oh, we've gone down to an early one. We started to very slowly get back into the game. And as we built and got a little bit better, we scored a good goal. You just thought, oh, here it comes, here it comes. Let's just try and stay in it. And then the game completely turned on its head. Then again, is it just a game of nobody wants to finish seventh? Because all the teams around that mark just don't seem interested at the moment. Well, everyone lost, didn't they, in competing for the best of the rest? It's the only silver lining. Is it a curse, the Europa League? I know that Wolves fans would absolutely love a trip going over to you know going in somewhere in Europe but is it a bit of a curse look what happened to Burnley potentially but obviously because we haven't had it for so long that we are craving it and hopefully you'd like to think the players and and Nuno feel the same way but based on what I've seen in the last week and a bit of watching Wolves we're not finishing seventh I honestly think another one of the teams will come through even though we have got winnable home games coming up I walked away from the ground 
on Saturday thinking that we're done. Don't get me wrong, it might be depressing here. It's been an incredible season and whatever happens in the remaining games, we've overperformed and we've had some great days. But I honestly do think now this running is is, is going to be a step too far for us based on what I've seen and just how dejected and how how sort of unorganised we become. Do you think, Harry, it would be a case of we lose Southampton, lose to Brighton and beat Arsenal and Liverpool? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I look at the running and normally you'd think you want to avoid those teams, but yeah. when you look at those games against the so-called top six they look more enticing now than the ones down the bottom that just sums up our season doesn't it the way we're thinking like that but just going back on the Southampton game I mean at 2-1 I remember Jimenez had that volley which went out for a throw in so it could have been a different game but we didn't deserve to the way we defended I mean their third goal Johnny I mean Johnny's been brilliant as we've said but no one had a good game, but his header out, oh my, I've never seen anything like it. And obviously, they do that bicycle kick and it drops the long of all people. And I think that has summed up our defensive performance, that third goal. And like we said, we could have equalised and we had a few chances. I mean, Jimenez had a one-on-one at first half as well. Just no one had a good game. And like I said, I think it's got a huge... The reason is is because of the week before. You know, they're still down about last. You know, about the semi final. And Bayliss, when you look at that defence, and obviously Sace with a, a mistake, not keeping his eye on Redmond, looking for that run, he just wanted it more, didn't he? And then for Redmond second and Southampton second, you're looking at Connor Cody's not marking him again. Yeah, I think the game meant a lot. Southampton they needed that home win just to get them safe, and sometimes the team that want it more just win it. And we haven't had to say that about Wolves a lot this season. But I think that's actually the case of what it was. It was just we weren't quite at our best and Southampton really had to put something in to get the points they needed. And Jack, clean sheets have been quite hard to come across this season, especially in the league. And that's becoming a little bit more of a problem now because obviously if you're going to concede, you're going and you're going behind early. Obviously you're on the back foot straight away and you want to try and play that breaking, yeah. attacking, counter-attacking football. Yeah, I mean, well, straight away you go into every game knowing that you've got to score at least two goals to win, which is not a situation you want to yeah. be in. When was the last clean sheet that Patricio kept? It's 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 not very many. In, looking for a stat there, but it's it's not good, is it? It's not good. It's uh, uh, his record of late compared to probably the first half of the season compared to the, the latter half of the season is it's gone downhill. So yeah, it's it's a worry, but it's things that hopefully we can improve on it in the summer, and we just need to just need to. I know, I know. As I said earlier, I'm, I'm very doubtful about these last few games, but just just try and do the best we can and and see where it leaves us at the end of it. If it is seventh, great. If it's ninth, it's still great. Looking at it, just at the stats, I believe it's Cardiff at home, which was on the second of March, and the one before that would have been the 29th of January against West Ham at home. So yeah, not, not as bad as I thought then, actually. Well, no, I suppose if you put it into away clean sheets, then. Um, that will take even longer for me to find. Um, so I'll get back to you. But Harry, in terms of Southampton's third, he's had so much stick on social media this week saying he's got all the speed and he can't play football, which is sort of what we've kind of been saying for for a long time now. But he was in that defensive position for the corner and just did wasn't even looking interested in, in getting out to out of that six yard box yeah well he come on for Doherty which I think was needed and he but he skinned about four players a few times didn't he I thought here we go come on son but he's he's, he's not his position is it like he does just well going forward as we know but when he's got to defend in that position as right wing back it's just not him he's like obviously when he's attacking but he's it's just not his game so he's just not aware when he's in the box when he's got to pick up a man we saw it away at Chelsea as well when he came on and I feel a bit sorry for him because he gets a lot of stick tray all right and it's frustrating because 
his just his, his ability, like his body, his speed, his power. It, if he could just get a bit of a football brain, he's Ed, we'd have such a great player there. But yeah, it's a, it's defensively, he's just not there, is he, Traore? I don't want to slam him too hard, but it was all it was there to see, wasn't it? Now, from my reckoning, I believe that the last time Patricio kept a clean sheet away from home was Crystal Palace on the 6th of October 2018. They are generally hard to come by in the Premier League anyway, away clean sheets. Not not many teams keep a hell of a lot of them. It's a good stat. It, it has been a while, but there aren't there aren't huge amounts. Yeah, it, it is hard to keep clean away clean sheets in the Premier League, yes. But if you're a team who wants to finish in Europe, with a European football place, then you probably need to be looking at keeping a few, particularly against away to teams in the bottom six, which, as we all know, we've been terrible against. That's I wouldn't very say true. it's like the be end and end all because like after that we had some, we've had some good away wins, haven't we? Like Tottenham springs to mind. So obviously you're more likely to concede away than you are at home, aren't you? That's just the way it goes. But I think you could look too much into that to be honest because we've had recent clean sheets at home, as you mentioned earlier. So it's just it is just because of the way it's going at the moment. You do tend to pick up the negatives, don't you? Naturally, because we're going through a bad a bad spell again. So I don't think there's too much to look into that. I think uh, we'll be okay. Don't want to take anything away from. Southampton here because under Hasanutal they've taken 27 points from 18 since he took over which is you know it is a fantastic record isn't it and he seems to be the guy that will get them out of trouble do you think it was just that he outdid Nuno tactically Jack it's difficult to say isn't it it's one of those days as I said where everyone's dejected but but the defence was just so all over the place and Nuno, Nuno wouldn't have purposely set them up like that. But it just they, they were playing for us sometimes in, in ways that we just haven't really seen this season. It was just an all-round bad performance of poor defending, poor man-marking, poor getting the ball away from corners, poor clearing your lines. So it's hard to put that down to anything tactically. I think it was just inevitable that it was going to happen, as I said earlier, after how dejected we've all felt this week. So We talk about strength and depth, Harry, in that squad. And I saw something on Sky Sports stats that Wolves have used just 19 players mm. Mm. in the Premier League this season, which isn't very many. And you have to go all the way back to Liverpool in the 1995-1996 season where they also used 19 players too. Is is this squad too small? And we're talking about Europe, but you're going to have to be adding players if you're going to add much more fixtures to a season. And those players need to gel as well, don't they? Yeah, look, we we said a few months ago on the podcast how brilliant it's been that our, our injuries have gone so well. And if they hadn't, we'd have been up shit street wouldn't we so I think it is just starting to show now with coming towards the end of the season we had the FA Cup run as well and we haven't got that many option, options to rotate and still have a st- really strong team there have we I know you think back to the Cardiff game where he, t- he rotated and it worked that day but that was against Cardiff no disrespect to them like, but yeah if we get in the Europa League my god we're going to have to add a good five or six good first team potential starting players just to rotate to compete you know what I mean like we do need a bigger squad and like I say if if it wasn't for how good our injury record is we could have been talking about a different season but it hasn't we haven't had injuries so it's been good if if by some miracle we do get into Europe and we try and do it with 19 players then we'll have a Burnley situation on our hands and we we will be in danger of going down because you just can't do it and yeah we will need to reinforce properly and like Harry said reinforce with with quality 
because we are let's not forget we are still punching above our weight at the moment we are a championship team coming up with a very small squad arguably with a lot of the fringe players who aren't good enough for where we want to be so we are still punching above ourselves in that respect but yeah if Nuno if we do get into Europe and we actually want to compete in both the the, the Europa League and the Premier League then Nuno's small wanting to work with a small squad thing just can't happen we need to have a good 25 man squad of quality players capable of playing in the Premier League or in the Europa League on a Thursday night Was there a standout player for Wolves I mean I think for me it would be Patricia great save from Yoshida point blank mm. range but Harry I'll open that to you first Yeah like Patricia did pull off some good saves um, not to be honest mate there's not one I could really praise apart from Patricia um, maybe Matinho but he still wasn't at his best so no none of them were, were very good No no, no, they're all terrible. Excellent. In that case, we'll move on to Brighton at home. That's next up in the Premier League. And your away perspective comes from Brian Owen at the Argus. And that is a newspaper in Brighton and he's a sports reporter for the Argus. I haven't just gone to Argos and asked someone called Brian what they think of the game at the weekend. So here we go, your away perspective. The away perspective. What have our opponents got to say? Brian, thanks for joining us to begin with. Now, a disappointing defeat to those relegation rivals, Cardiff. Do you think that game is going to have an impact against Wolves? I would have thought so. I just don't quite know which way. Um, They lost 5-0 at home to Bournemouth on Saturday, and there was a reaction to that early on yesterday from the crowd and from the team. But the the first goal, when they went 1-0 down, it's a really really good finish. Was, was absolutely pivotal so the crowd stuck with them for quite a long time but when it went 2-0 I think we sort of saw the writing on the wall so I just don't know if that's going to be a, a sort of not hammer blow as such but really deflate them going into these last four games or if we'll see a more positive reaction let's say it's going to be the latter well, I hope not, of course. Uh, Mendes Lang, yeah. of course, opened the score and former Wolves man came through the academy. So okay. it, could, it could be a, a sucker punch in, in terms of what Wolves can do to the season. In terms of how Chris Hewton will be approaching this one at Molyneux, how do you reckon he's going to line up in terms of starting eleven? Might not be that different, actually. Um, last night he made five changes. He went back to a little bit of tried and trusted. He brought him back in Bruno, who did well as a captain at right back. Um... And we think Pascal Gross came back into the side, who's a number 10, and was really influential last season when they did OK. So if he only lasted about 54 minutes, he's been out for a little while. So let's see if he's fit again for the weekend. I don't see, thinking about it last night, I just don't see that they've got that many options they could. Could they use Glenn Murray and Florin Andoni as a front two for the first time from kickoff? I don't see Hewton doing that. So that sort of 4-4-1-1 or 4-5-1, whichever it turns out to be. I don't see that he's got massive options, really. Now, to be honest, most Wolves fans are probably approaching this with caution. A 1-0 win for Albion in the reverse fixture. Yeah. And it was a strange one, isn't it? And it, it sort of went that way. Well, it's gone that way for the rest of the season, really, for Wolves, in that playing against those so-called lesser sides compared to the big six seems to have been a problem for us this season. And do you think it will be an attacking game? I suppose Brighton have got to go for the points. Only two games in it. Of course, they've got a game in hand over Cardiff, which helps, obviously. But playing attacking football against Wolves could go against Brighton. Um, yeah, I, I don't see that they'll be opening up because uh, there's two ways of looking at it. They haven't scored a goal since Greenwich Mean Time, so they need to sort of uh, five games, I think it is, plus an international break. 
but so so they need to up that a little bit. But the thing is, you know, if they can see one, they've got to score two. Are they going to score two? I think it'll be that normal sort of keep it tight, stay in the game, get a clean sheet, which has been elusive for a little while now. Um, I remember the game down here; it could have been it was one nil, wasn't it? But Wolves did have quite a lot of chances and yeah. quite a lot of pressure. So. I wouldn't have thought Brighton to go sort of all guns blazing. I mean, it will be a little bit haunting reminder to Good Friday two years ago when they went to, to Molyneux and won 2 nil and virtually booked their place in the Premier League when Wolves were sort of meandering nowhere. And look how, look how things have changed in those yeah. two years. So uh, we'll be a bit of a reminder of that, that's for sure. It's weird, isn't it? Because I was talking to uh, Southampton guy John Bailey at the Southampton podcast last week, obviously before their win against Wolves, and just saying how important those points are. If you can pick up a point near the bottom of the table, they can be really crucial come the end of the season. So it, it really is. Is it stick or twist time for Chris Hewton now? Well, if you look at the games left, they've got Wolves away and Newcastle at home, which are probably the best chances of getting a win. And a win might still be enough. They're two points clear um, of, of Cardiff City. Then they finish the season. They've got Tottenham away in the middle of that. They've got Arsenal away and they've got Man City at home on the last day. So in terms of stick and twist, I if you mean really sort of throwing the dice and gambling, I still think the key has got to be if you get a clean sheet, and this will be what Chris Hewton's thinking, you've got a great, sh- a better chance of winning. But definitely Wolves away in Newcastle at home. Two, t- two fixtures where they sort of not got a bad record historically, for if that's worth anything. Two teams they beat in that little run earlier in the season. Those are probably the opportunities to get maybe four points, maybe six, who knows. But it's really hard to, at the moment to see well, certainly where the next win's coming from. Might get a nil-nil, but where the next win's coming from. Brian, round us off with a score prediction. Oh gosh! Oh, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, that is that is so hard. Something nil. Um, it could be nil nil. I don't know. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, I really, I really don't know because I'd like to see that. <laughs> you sound in pain, coming, but it's hard. Yeah, yeah. This is the hardest question, isn't it? Let's go for a. Let's go for a one nil away win to complete the double. Oh, all right. Okay. Big chat. Well, best of luck for the rest of the season and we'll hopefully speak to you next season. Let's hope so. All right. Thanks. The away perspective. What have our opponents got to say? So there you go. That is uh, Brian. Oh, God. Imagine if Glenn Murray and Lock Deer did that. Oh, let's type it in. A family guy reference for you there. Uh, so, how do we approach this one then, Harry? They are 17th. They are two points clear of Cardiff, as we mentioned then. They have got a game in hand. They're three points behind Southampton, but that goal difference could come into play at the end of the season. Minus 21 there at the moment. I would uh, approach it by attacking, obviously. I'd shake it up a little bit as well. I'd change it a bit from the team that played against Southampton. And I think a lot of it depends on how Brighton set up. Uh, If they try and stink the place out like they did in the away leg, we're going to struggle because we always bloody do. Um, But if they come at us and think, let's go for the win, I think that'll favour us. And that's been pretty much the story of most of our games where we've got a result, isn't it? So, yeah. um, And also, I think a big factor is Asmar Bayer, uh, the son, go-karting. Costa actually won, didn't he? So maybe he's got a bit of belief in him. Well. Uh, can that get us all positive and try and get a result to try and turn around this bit of a bad week and a half we've had? Well, Harry, you mentioned that you make changes there. I want to ask you straight away who they would be. I'd drop Sace, put Bennett in straight away. I would drop Johnny, put Vinagre in. Sorry, that's just on Sace. I mean, it, it seems like such a no-brainer to me. Sorry, Karen. Yeah, um, yeah, I'd maybe... No, I'd keep. I'd probably, probably keep the rest. I'd maybe look to if he didn't drop Johnny, switch him to the right wing back and put Vanagre left wing back and give Doherty a rest, maybe, and maybe make one change in midfield. You might fancy starting Gibbs White, which I don't think will happen. But 
yeah, that's what I'd do, to be honest. Just those few changes are the most important ones for me. Oh, I'd mix it up a bit. I'd have a fly at it. I'd do something unexpected. We know what Brighton are going to do. So I don't think there's a lot of point just trying to play our Wolves football. We might as well do something a little bit more, a little bit different, pack the midfield out, maybe start Traore and let him run into some spaces in the corners. Just just generally, generally annoy them. Give them something a little bit different. I mean, just chip it in there. One thing that the guy just said then from Brighton that is that Bruno came in and played really well the other day. But he's if he's got a thirty-nine-year-old bloody fullback, <laughs> you, and you've got to think that's a game for Traore, haven't you? Really? If if, he's, if he wants to be running it in, particularly once he gets tired. But well, th- this is a difficult. I don't one. know though. I don't know because with Bruno's experience, all he has to do is be better at football than Traore which really isn't that difficult so all he's going to do is shepherd him out wide and then he's going to try and cross realise that he can't cross and then we're back to square one again that's what I feel that it will be he's not going to be able to run past those channels because he's I think his experience won't let him do that I don't know in all fairness Sam Jota wouldn't run at Bruno in the first game of the season that was when Jota was very, bad very different Jota now, form at the time though wasn't he to yeah, be fair very very different Jota now but he wouldn't the th- thing is it's a very interesting game this one because Brighton fans are really are panicking now because they really effectively midweek against Cardiff at home had a chance to pretty much put the put them to the sword really Cardiff I think Cardiff had been done if they if Brighton had won Brighton had uh, won that game but now they've they've given them hope and Brighton's running is tough so they've got to be looking they've got to be looking at getting something from this game Saturday but then again how do you approach it because if 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 they do come and sit back and we break them down. They've got to come at us because, because um, you know, a one 0 away defeat is nothing to them now. But at the same time, they need three points, so maybe they will come at us. I, I, I don't know. It's it's for me. I agree with the bloke. It's got a way a way win written all over it. I think personally, but um, just against just in line with our record against these sort of teams throughout the season. We'll just look at Brighton's running. Obviously, the Wolves game, Tottenham away, Newcastle at home, Arsenal away, Man City at home. So either way, they're going to be playing oh, a part in terms of the title race and, and the relegation race as well. Um, Harry, do you think he will just keep things the same, play the football that he wants to play? He's going to be looking for reaction. Like you say, they've been on that fair weather training, bit of sunshine, bit of vitamin D as well. Mm. And um, how do you feel it will go? I can't see him keeping it the same just because of how poor we were at the back against Southampton. Do you know what I mean? You can't really reward Johnny and I don't want to like individually pick players out. I wanna, you know what I mean? You can't reward some of the players from their performance, especially defensively, with another start. I mean, if I was sat on the bench and I'm Vanagre and, you know, Bennett, I'm, I'm, I'm sat there thinking, if I don't get a start next game, something's wrong here. Do you know what I mean? So... I think there will be changes. There has to be. I'll be shocked. I'll be shocked if it come two o'clock Saturday, the team's the same as Southampton. I really will. And Cody is un- undroppable, isn't he, Bayliss? That's the oh, problem. Most definitely. Yeah, of course he is. That's a, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a problem though it's, that's not a, that's, that's not a form that's not a yeah. form thing is it it's a, it's a lack of personnel that can play in that position mm, exactly he's yeah. a leader though you're never going to be perfect every game and you might have made a couple of errors of late but he is the leader and he leads us on the pitch also looking at Wolves fixture list it's this one and the Fulham one at home that are going to basically decide whether we finish 7th or not I mean if we win against Brighton we're playing a team the red team from North London so I can't say their name without threatening being sued uh, Watford away Fulham at home then Liverpool away if you say where you're going to pick up your points it's got to be this one and Fulham and I then mean, you take what you can from the others and then you might get seventh I'll be honest we, 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 I know we've got three winnable home games there we shouldn't be fearing Arsenal at home I mean Watford nearly beat them well got something from the game with 10 men against them the other night so our, our home games are winnable our away games are, are tough but I think our home games are winnable and if we win if we win those three home games I think we could we will finish seventh 
but it's a big if. I know, well, poor Troy Deeney obviously got sent off on the same night that his house burned down in Paris, which is really <laughs> <laughs> uh, So it will go round and we'll do a score prediction. We'll start with you, Harry. Right, I'm going to be positive because I want this nightmare to end now. I'm going to go for a comfortable 2-0, similar to the Cardiff game at home win. Bayliss? Oh, it's a head and heart one. I think Harry's usual 4-1, but if Brighton play their game of not playing football, it could be a 1-0 Brighton. 1-0 Brighton. Season's over. Absolute meltdown on Twitter and Facebook from everybody. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Jack, you, you very rarely get them wrong, so I'm actually feeling a bit apprehensive now. Just a question off the back of that is, obviously Connor Cody has played every single Premier League minute for Wolves this season. Uh, if he was to be injured or if he was to be dropped, who would take the captain's armband, Harry? Matinho. Matt Doherty. Either of those two or potentially Nevers. Good. Right, okay. Uh, we'll get your latest betting odds and ticket news. Hi, I'm Kelly, Chris Kamara. You're listening to the 77 Club and it's unbelievable, Jim. Yes, we have our betting odds, as always, from fansbet.com, our betting partner. These are hot off the press. I've literally just had them come through to me. It's also, by absolute fluke, what the lads have been saying. I have got a Wolves to win. Honestly, Wolves to win 2-0 and Jota to get either of the goals is 14-1. to Then this looks interesting. A 1-0 Brighton, Glenn Murray to get the goal, 33-1. to Oh, that would be a reflection of the away game. Yeah, and it's what uh, Jack just said. And He has a score for eight, so has the old Glenn Murray. So that's, uh, I oh, don't say that, that Harry. <laughs> Harry. <laughs> Shane Long hasn't scored for about eight years and he's had two in two weeks. <laughs> Danny Ings only got one knee. <laughs> <laughs> and then my final one this week, I've gone with Harry's usual scoreline which is Wolves to win 4-1 and Johnny Castro to get any of the Wolves goals 115 to 1. Oh, I thought you were going to say Johnny Cash then. <laughs> <laughs> he'd, he'd struggle. <laughs> <laughs> that is your betting odds this week but there are lots and lots of fan partner specials over at fansbet.com so get yourself on there. Johnny Cash is a great linesman because he walks the line. Uh, Jack, speak ticket news. Oh God. Um, right, so... As obviously, games are, are running out now, so there's not that much to report. But I'll start with the home games. So, Brighton on Saturday is officially sold out, but there were a few single tickets left when I checked online earlier, so have a check on there. The Arsenal home game, which is the midweek game on the 24th of April, is sold out. The final home game of the season, which is against Fulham, a 3pm kickoff on the 4th of May, is currently on sale on the points to those with at least 160. On sale to all members as of Saturday and Quite good availability for that because we've got the Steve Ball lower. The away fans are in the quadrant, so there'll be a few extra available for that. To hopefully, you know, a lap of honour or something will take place there to uh, praise the good season that we've had. The away games now, Watford and their pathetic allocation sold out. I actually missed out on my ticket there because I completely forgot to uh, to get it the day it went on sale, so I uh, messed up. <laughs> Smash that one, so I won't be going. Um, Sit home with our HRH. <laughs> yeah, I might, might, might do a watch along with Harry. Um, and... Liverpool is obviously the last game of the season, which could we could play a part in a title decider. Currently on sale to the away season ticket holders on the points as of Saturday, starting with one two two zero, and as of Tuesday the twenty third, on sale to those with twelve hundred points. And I can't see them lasting much longer than that. They are going to be like rocking horse shit. That is your latest betting odds and ticket news. Let's move on to the supercomputer. Hi, I'm Kelly, Chris Kamara. You're listening to the 77 Club, and it's unbelievable, Jim. 
There is a two-horse race for the title and a relegation spot to be decided, along with a four-way battle for a top-four finish and also a four-way battle for seventh, of course, which is what Wolves are part of. But the supercomputer, which is looked in the Premier League, has made its predictions for the end of the season standings. And I've got them in front of me. And who do you reckon it's got to win the league to begin with? It's got to be City, mate. I thought that even when Liverpool had a bit of a gap in front of them in January. So yeah, City for me. So Bailey, that we can guess would put Liverpool second. Can you reckon who's going to come third, fourth, fifth? God, none of them want it, do they now? It's been really poor for all teams. I'm going to go Chelsea, Arsenal. Sorry, Tottenham, Chelsea, Arsenal, Man United. Correct. Jack, do you know who they've got to finish 7th, 8th, 9th and 10th? Fulham, Wolves, Watford, (laughs) uh, (laughs) Leicester. (laughs) Golden boot for Ryan Sessegnon. (laughs) But if you could have a real go, that'd be great. Um, Watford, Wolves, Leicester and Everton. You have one out of four there. They've got Wolves to finish seventh, Ooh, yes. Watford to finish eighth, Leicester to finish ninth, and Bournemouth to nick in in front of Everton in tenth place. The rest goes at Crystal Palace at twelfth, West Ham United, Newcastle down at fourteenth, Southampton to finish fifteenth, Burnley in sixteenth, Brighton to stave off the challenge of Cardiff, who would be in that final relegation spot. So it'll be interesting to see if it gets any of those right, because it's really not worth looking at the beginning of the season if they can't get it with what is essentially five games of the season <laughs> left. So uh, we'll have to wait and see for that. But um, it reckons we'll finish seventh. We, we obviously talked at length about finishing seventh and, and how we feel about that. So there's not really much point in, in going too much into that. Um, but now we'll move on to... Let's have a look. Tickets for the final game of the season. Hi, I'm Steve Ball, and you're listening to the 77 Club. Now, one thing I do want to say, because we were talking about um, Neves, weren't we, Harry, last week, and, and how much he was worth, and that he was better than Jordan Henderson, and my, my dad and uh, uncle listen to the podcast, and they are big Liverpool fans, I'll be listening to this, sort of laughing, because he had a terrible game at the weekend, and Jordan Henderson had an absolute stormer, <laughs> but it takes it on to Liverpool, apparently tickets for that final game of the season at Anfield are being sold for £6,000, mm. what's your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, well, the, when they... I can't remember which game it was after when they re- it was back in January. My mate Ragsy, he works with a Liverpool season ticket holder, and he was trying to get tickets for a few of his mates. And he was getting Rags to ask us if we wanted to sell ours for like over a grand back then. So for the fact it's gone over to six grand now, crazy. I mean it's crazy money. And to, and they're not even going to win it either. So to want to pay six grand to watch your team lose at the final hurdle, it's pretty mad. I suppose the thing is though, you could you could like pay six grand now and then well, Liverpool have two shockers and then it's a pointless game anyway and you've you're six grand out of pocket. That's very true. Yeah, a big big celebration for second place. We just look at the running Cardiff away for Liverpool, Huddersfield at home. I mean, you know, two of the bottom three there, winnable. Newcastle away, difficult place to go. Um Obviously, Wolves at home and Man City have got Tottenham at home, Man United away, Burnley away, Leicester at home and Brighton away. So who's got the trickier of those remaining fixtures, would you say? Harry, obviously the Manchester derby sticks out. Yeah, I mean, if you're a man, just not even about the fixtures now, that Man United derby, right? You've got Man United fans on Twitter saying that they, you know, they don't want to do Liverpool a favour. I saw one of those, um, you know, them badges where they mix the two teams together. So they had like the blue in the Man United badge. Like, 
I mean, Liverpool must be looking at that thinking, oh my God. So for me, like I've said, I think City are just going to be ruthless now and just win every game. So I, I think the fixtures are irrelevant. I think Liverpool are putting a lot more pressure on themselves as well. I like the emotion of it all. And like I say, I mean, Man United would be happy to lose against them, which is t- really mad when you think about it. It's crazy, but I mean, that's probably the bigger rivalry, isn't it, though? Manchester yeah, Liverpool yeah, is so is. much bigger than Manchester City. At the moment, I think, that, I think that will probably change as City start to challenge more in the Champions League and they're starting mm. to get league titles and then when they're starting to get closer to what Manchester United It'll definitely have. become Liverpool versus City. Because United are irrelevant. <laughs> Very good point. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, okay. Right. We'll move on to a little thing I saw on Match the Day, which was uh, how many times uh, teams have been last on Match the Day. Because obviously, back in sort of like the McCarthy slash Terry Connor days, we were last. It seemed most of the time. Um, but the guys of Talksport have done a little bit of digging to see who has been on last the most this season. I'm going to guess Huddersfield. It is Huddersfield. Ten times they've been last on Match of the Day. So not even being compounded by finishing last in the Premier League, you're actually last on the programme about it. Um, in second place, Jack? Um, who's really boring and crap? Um, Cardiff. No, it's actually Newcastle in second place. You'd have to go to... Cardiff have been last five times. Uh, what's well, quite far down, they've been last three times. So... So I suppose there's a measure of how far we've come, especially as a promoted side. Uh, anyway, we will move on, though, to this. Harry's <laughs> funny story. Yeah, so my funny story this week uh, plucked out the air. It made me giggle a little bit. So if you was a professional footballer, what sport would you think you'd transition to after? You know, your legs are gone, things like that. You'd think like golf or something like that, wouldn't you? Croquet. Yeah, well, anyway... Uh, the legendary player, he's played for Spurs and obviously a lot of other teams, Raphael van der Vaart, is making his, prof- his professional darts debut in the BDO in the next few weeks. So that'll in be actually... Actual- yeah, in a professional, really? in a professional... Yeah, the BDO is the crap one, in it? Like, you've got the PDC, which is on Sky, and the BDO is on... I don't know what it's on now. It's on Quest, isn't it? I don't know. Is this on making BBC, his professional... Um, yeah. Nah, they've, they've lost it, BBC. They don't show it anymore. Oh, really? Um, so he's... Yeah, so it's going to be Raphael van der... Van der Dart? Van der... Oh, Harry. <laughs> They love their darts, don't they? Though, yeah, the Dutch. It's the yeah. Dutch do love the darts. So let's see how he gets on. Imagine if he uh, is end up playing. Uh, I don't know what's his name. The really crazy bold one. He's really good. Martin Adam Van Gerwen. Yeah, the only good one in there. There we one. go. No, yeah, oh, Van Gerwen's in PDC. Van Gerwen's PDC. Very good. Right. Okay, moving on to this. Hi, I'm Matt Murray. You're listening to the Seventy Seven Club. Seventy Seven Club for life, yo. Now, we've been in two minds of whether we should even talk about this, and we decided that we should. So, <laughs> obviously, after Bayliss's little, um, I don't know what what you'd call it, really, I suppose, calling out of... Uh, An insightful observation. Someone from Wolves Fan TV, you got threatened with, like, a defamation case because you called him an Arsenal fan. But I, it seems that the guy knows about as much about law as people that say possession is nine-tenths of the law. So I don't know what he's getting at, but I'll pass on to you, Bayliss, just to give your reply to his reply to you having a go at him. I don't really want to get into any sort of spat. I mean, having spoken to the people that we, you know, we, we talk to other Wolves social media outlets and stuff, and we're good mates with them, except for Wolves fan TV, and um, there's been a lot of support. We know that uh, the chap 
doesn't say particularly good things and that's reflecting the comments he gets so much so that even his dog has been getting shit on twitter this week <laughs> you know it's bad when your dog when your dog gets it um i'm not really particularly fussed it 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 was a bit of a dig and it's turned into something that's quite funny. It's given us a good laugh for this week um, from being accused that we sit in a shed recording our podcast <laughs> that gets thousands that of listens a week. True. We do not sit in a shed at all. Uh, to the fact that he's never heard of us before yet, Wolfstanding Fan TV invited us to be part of their setup 12 months ago. Oh, sorry. Oh, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm just knocking my pots off the bleep side again. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, we're we're oh, not dear. particularly bothered, you. but it was quite funny and we liked the way he, he really lost his call about being an Arsenal fan, I'd I'd have been a bit more annoyed about being called a prick, but there we go. <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah, it's one of these things we don't want to give too much attention to. I mean, everyone who's seen Wolves ta- fan TV and the and the guy on there don't usually have that great great things to say about it. Um, and the geezer will just do anything to try and get a few bloody YouTube views, even though he gets about fifteen on a video. So. Um... <laughs> Sorry, I've just I've got to you know, fix this. Thing. <laughs> right. Hey, Karen, talk talk amongst yourselves. <sighs> Has anyone seen my uh, goggles? Because it is it isn't good practice to not wear goggles when you're angle grinding. Sorry, Jack, carry on. <laughs> Nothing really, but yeah, we're recording in a shed, and he calls us out on a video that he's recording in the bedroom of his mum's house. So that says about it, really, doesn't it? But. Um, and also, we're actually nice, quite sound guys. We'll happily go and a drink. If you're ever at a game, then then I know that's a bit of a joke. A lot of people at games, and we've always... Yeah, that's... Been really uh, great with everyone. Bit of a joke in itself, but um, if you're ever at a game, then come and we'll have a beer and a chat about it. But, um, you know. Hang on a minute, right. Mum, I'm recording the podcast. <laughs> God's sake. Who's your mum shagging? I told you not to. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Oh, oh brilliant. Dear. Anyway, are we all gonna buy are we all gonna buy tickets to this boxing match he's meant to be having? Hey yeah. That would be quite interesting, that. I'm just impressed that um, you know, Dan's twenty eight years old and he's still getting fucked by eighteen year old virgins. <laughs> So, oh, cost me three and a half grand to go to Thailand last time. Move on to the 77 Club quiz. Magic mirror on the wall. Who's got the smallest of them all? Is it big enough to impress the ladies, or will they feel intimidated by the bloke at the urinals? His is massive, apparently. We're talking about IQs. Get your heads out of the gutter, filthy animals. It's time for the 77 Club quiz. Excellent, and we'll hand you over to Bayliss, who has this week's quiz. It's a home and away one, chaps. So, Harry, would you like to go home or away? I'm going to go home. Home of Harry, first one up. Can you tell me what country Willy Bolly was born in? Oh, God. Oh, that's... That's kind of a trick one. I uh, think it might be. I'm just going to have to go with what I think's right and say France. <laughs> <laughs> just, um, I've got, I've just got to finish it up. <laughs> So, hang on. This time. <laughs> oh, you enjoy yeah. yourself. Yes, sorry. It's yeah. not your question, so fuck off. Uh, yeah. Jack. Did I win? <laughs> I got it right. Yeah. Away. Hang on. Did, oh. did Harry get, I, I, was, I was soaring, sorry. Sorry, that was, was it, correct, was Harry. Correct? Very good. Very yeah, good. I will Jack. go away, Dan, please. <laughs> Can you tell me, if you're using a foil, an epee, or a sabre, what would you be playing or doing? Come on. I've been doing it in my shed all day. (laughs) Wanking. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you shouldn't have put that webcam up there. I think it's fencing, isn't it, Bayless? It is fencing, Sam. Yeah. I, I was going to say that as well. No, he wasn't. He wanted the laugh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sam, home or away? I will have away, please. Which famous baseball player's name is similar to that of a cartoon resident of Yellowstone Park and also a former Wolf defender? Ooh. Uh... I reckon I know this. This is one for our American fam. <laughs> thing is... Uh, Yogi And the second name? Bear, Bear. <laughs> <laughs> right, You're not having it You're not having it You're not having it Well it's not clearly Yogi Bear isn't it? I, I had Paul Simpson in my head Like the Simpsons <laughs> uh, What? So it's not Yogi Yeah Bear It's yeah. Yogi Berra Yeah it could have been Boo Boo Craddock though couldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> What's that, boo-boo? It's a nice picnic basket. Harry, home or away? I'll go away this time, mate. Two teams are joint at the top of the Super Bowl titles, the number of Super Bowl titles they've won. Can you name either of them? Uh... No, I don't. Sorry, <laughs> I'm going to go with a team that I can remember have played in it. I don't know their full name. I'm going to go with Atlanta. I think I, I, think I might know the two. Oh, Can I have a guess? Is it yeah. Green Bay, Green Bay Packers, and the New England Patriots? You would have got it I wrong. Have said Patriots. It's, it's the Patriots and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Both have got. Yeah. Jack, it's back over to you. Home or away? Um, I'll go home to mix it up for you, Daniel. Okay. Who's taller, Diego Jota or Jamatinho? Oh. Oh, Christ. Um, who's taller? Willie Boy's dick's probably taller than <laughs> too. Um, <laughs> I, oh, I, I think Jota. Sam, home or away? Um, home, please. How many goals has Rui Patricio scored at club and international level? Oh, this is going to be it. <laughs> this is <laughs> one. Oh. He's po- poker face to them. After two rounds, it is Harry on one, Jack on one, Sam on none. But it is all to play for. There is two more rounds left. Harry, home or away? Home, mate. Your home question. Connor Cody has played for Wolves, Liverpool and Huddersfield. But which other football league team has he made appearances for? Sheffield United. <laughs> Sorry, it's just uh, okay. loose. Screw came loose. Jack, home uh, or away? Away, please, Dan. 2012 and 2016, Mo Farah won two Olympic golds at each of the event at each of those Olympics. Can you tell me which of the events he won? Name one or the other. Uh, the 5,000 metres. <laughs> the 10,000 metres. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought that was quite hard. Did, did all of you know both the answers to that? Yeah, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, fair I enough. like athletics, though. You can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, home or away? Uh, I'll have to go away. Can you name the only Australian cricketer to have scored over a 100 100s? Don Bradman. I'm going away. Who won the 2019 Grand National at Aintree? Oh, shit. Bloody hell. I watched it as well, but the, the names <laughs> oh, are so weird. A horse yeah, is not I, the right answer. Uh, it, I've got to name the name of the horse, haven't I? Uh, the Golden Lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> 
think oh that was my god! Sounds like a crap Chinese. Oh, I can't remember words. what his it, name was. Tiger Roll. Yeah, yeah that, that sounds like something you get from the Chinese as well. Yeah. <laughs> Tiger Roll. <laughs> <laughs> and it's actually horse. Jack, home or away? Away. Which Midlands club did John Ruddy make five on loan appearances for? Uh, Blues. Warsaw. Sam, this is to nick it. Which sports ball is usually made of black or blue rubber and is between 39.5 and 40.5 millimetres in diameter? That's so easy, man. Uh, squash. Oh. oh, he's gone and nicked it. So, very good. Sam, you have nicked it at the last gasp. Four points. Jack on three. Harry, unfortunately, you finish on two. Music maestro. And that brings an end to episode 72 of the 77 Club. Your pundits this week were Harry Mansell. Thank you for listening. Dan Bayliss. Goodbye, Wolf fan. And Jack Williams. Goodbye, everybody. Gang, gang, gang. The 77 Club. The Wolves podcast for the Gold and Black Army. Sports Social Podcast Network. Life's better with American Family Insurance. Because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.